Welcome to Junior L's and Now What? Interlude episode 38.5, ultimate episode 106. So there's been a lot of stuff going on lately, so I'm going to try to breeze through this and see how much I can cover in this podcast. If uh, I miss some things, I'm sure undoubtedly I'll cover them later. Uh, I like to talk, so you know I'm sure it's going to happen. So one of the things, I don't know if I've mentioned in the past, but as a family, we started doing um, Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. Uh, it's been kind of fun. Uh, each of my two oldest boys have each taken a turn as a dungeon master. Uh, I am next, so we'll kind of have to see how that plays out. I've got some ideas, but I don't know that I'm anywhere near as prepared as my two older boys were when they did theirs. So I'll let you know how this unfolds. It'll be interesting. Um, one of the issues that my wife and I have struggled with, with regards to myself, is uh, I get some weird kind of anxiety as I begin to approach the middle or the end of something. It's like, I don't know if I just need the variety of change or uh, I just can't handle being, you know, to the end and concluding something. And so we've started a lot of shows and ended up not finishing them. A good example of that is White Collar. My, uh, my wife and I have started it and, and I think gotten to certain points in it twice without ever finishing the show. So we're pushing through for a third time. Um, I think we're approaching the end of season two out of, a, I think, a six-season show. So we'll see how that plays out. Having said that, I do have some success that I can uh, declare. There is another show my wife and I started that she lost interest in. It wasn't really her cup of tea. Uh, it is a show called Burn Notice. And it is kind of like MacGyver meets CIA. So there's kind of that inside voice you hear throughout the course of the show from the main character. Um, he's a, a burned spy who's stuck in Miami. And, and the primary part of the story is really him and a couple of his friends trying to figure out why he got burned and how to get uh, back in and what to do with those that burned him. Obviously, uh, there's a lot more to the show. But it's fun. There's, there's a lot of explosions. If you like explosions, it definitely has its fair share of those. And I, I don't know. It's one of those shows that, for the most part, really just kind of made me laugh. Now, once you get to, like, season six and seven, uh, the intensity level certainly goes up. But I finally finished the show. I was very, very pleased. Um, the ending of the show really wasn't too bad. I mean, it was no Star Trek The Next Generation where it brought itself full circle and, um, you know, tied itself up as nicely as that did. And a handful of other shows like, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender. Having said that, though, they still did a really good job um, taking dialogue from the pilot episode and tying it to the dialogue in the end. Um, there's also a movie that's based off of uh, Sam Axe, who's um, one of the uh, main characters in the show, that kind of goes to before, kind of almost like a prequel story. Uh, anyway, um, I, I think I would recommend it. it. It was it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was something you could kind of take time to watch, even though there's a little part of the story, kind of like Monk and some of those other type of shows that carries on over the show. Um, it it was uh, it was fun. Each episode tends to button itself pretty good. There's not a lot of to be continues really until you get to the end. So um, yeah, it was it was fun. Um, Another one of those just weird things that I learned recently was what they call the Waffle House Index. For those of you who haven't heard about it, and I certainly don't know much about it myself, but it has to do with when there's a natural disaster, especially in the South, the, um, the various different departments that deal with you know, emergency services and try to help use what they call the Waffle House Index. So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but I encourage you to look it up just because it's just an interesting, random, odd fact. Uh, another thing that my wife and I have been watching is the Everybody Loves Raymond show. I ended up getting the whole series on iTunes, 
And uh, we've been watching it beginning to end. This will probably be my wife's third time through the show. But for me, this is probably the first time where I've actually watched every single episode. Um, the last time she went through it, I missed some of the first few seasons. So it's been fun. And there's a really great episode earlier in the show. I want to say it's either at the end of season three or beginning of season four. And this is the one where um, Ray is, you know, it's a Sunday and his family's going off to church. His parents are going off to church. His brother's going off to church. And he is not. He's staying home for whatever reason. And, you know, in, in the show, he's supposed to be Catholic and um, you know, right, wrong or indifferent. Uh, you know, it's it's all about him making the decision to go to church. And there's been some there's some really interesting, poignant um, uh, comments made by him and his family and um, the, the priest of the church. And uh, I don't know, it's it's really um, inspirational, I would argue, even though it's supposed to be comedic and funny. I thought there were some really important things that were said in there. So something to, to, to look into. Um, there's a, a really cool event that happened recently as well. Uh, for those of you who have listened to my podcast for a while now, you know that I'm fascinated with astronomy. And there was a, uh, there's actually been a couple of recent events. Um, I recently got a telescope, which I really need to, to learn how to exercise and use more so I can see some of the cooler events going on in the, you know, in the, in the astronomy and out in space. Um, but one of the cool things is, is there was a new Mars rover that landed on Mars. And one of the things that they're going to be doing with this Mars rover that they've never experimented with before is having something that flies. So there's a little, um, for lack of a better word, drone in the Mars rover that is actually going to fly around Mars within the atmosphere. Now, for those of you who know some about Mars, Mars is cold, for one thing. I mean, it's extremely cold. And on top of that, the atmosphere is about 1 20th the density of our atmosphere. So it's very thin. And so that's going to make any kind of lift or takeoff very different or at least difficult. So there's going to be a lot of almost new uh, aerodynamic style science that's going to have to go into how this is going to play out. So I'll be very interested to see. I think over the next 30 days is when they're going to be doing a lot of those tests. So um, stay tuned. I, I'm going to be very curious to know how, how it works. Um, there's some really cool science that could come out of this. Uh, a new show now that I have finished, um, Burnos, that I've started is... Uh, the Pretender. It was a show that started back in the 90s. Uh, it was another one of those sort of formulaic shows like Burn Notice, where there's a plot for each episode, but there's an undercurrent story that they're trying to solve throughout the show. Um, the one thing I'm a little worried about is the show ran about four or five seasons, and I can only find two seasons digitally streaming. Uh, so we'll have to see if I'm going to be able to find the rest. I'm not even through season one yet, so I have a ways to go. Um, and it was another one of those shows, though, where I have heard mixed reviews about how it ended. Um, it's definitely mystery driven because, uh, you know, he's trying to discover his past, his history and, you know, who did what to whom and, and to him and to why. And uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But I've really liked it so far. So it's been kind of a fun thing to get into. In fact, I think I'm probably enjoying it as much, if not more than I was Burn Notice. And there's not an explosion in every episode. So take that for what it's worth. And the last little tidbit of like event uh, that took place in my in my family's life recently is my wife and I went on a little excursion, just the two of us. It's been pretty long since we've done that, especially with the pandemic that's been going on this past year. Um, but it's been years since the wife and I just went somewhere, just the two of us. So uh, the folks came up, stayed with the kids and the dog, and um, the wife and I went to a, a local uh, city. So we didn't travel too far, but we went a little indulgent. Um, we did a couple's massage, which... I have never had one before, but my wife has. So it was kind of interesting being in this room. 
There's two women in there. You're stark naked. I mean, granted, you're covered in like a sheet, but honestly, there's not that much covering really going on. And, um, you know, my wife is telling this masseuse that she's talking about. She's, she's an expert. She's like, well, I need this area massage and I need this, that and the other. And I'm laying there and the woman's like, OK, well, what do you want? And I was like, this is my first one. So all I ask is don't embarrass me. And so she was super professional. It was super good. Um, I, I don't know how much decency there was, but in the end, it was really awesome. I would totally do it again. And I learned some pointers. Um, I did buy myself a massage table for here at home so I could help my wife with her migraines. And so we'll have to see if some of the stuff that I learned from this is stuff that I can help her with. So we'll see. Uh, we also ate at some fantastic restaurants. Um, uh, probably the most prestigious restaurant we had was some kind of steakhouse. Uh, it was called The Edge. Uh, it was it, it was amazing. Um, I don't know if you've any of you have ever been to Disney World and been to Epcot Center, specifically the World Stage or whatever it's called. Um, there's a place in Canada land or whatever it's referred to uh, as the cellars. It's a steakhouse. And that place was probably the single best place I've ever had dinner in my entire life until now. I think the edge was better. It's 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 rated in the top 10 or top 20 best steakhouses in the nation. And I mean, the food was amazing. The atmosphere was amazing. I mean, just every element of it was fantastic other than the price. It wasn't cheap. So um, that was cool. And then we ate at another restaurant called Fireside. And it was very unique and different because unlike the other one, which was very, I would argue, hoity-toity almost, this other one was more rustic, but you get a four-course meal. They um, they have these big vats of melting cheese by the fireplace. And then they bring you, it's basically a fondue house. I mean, it's not just that, but, um, and there's no menu. You literally just sit there and just bring you whatever the food is that they're making that day. So pretty neat. Um, that was, it was a fun experience. So I, we had a really good time. It was nice. It was, it was very relaxing, very enjoyable. Um, another quirky thing is the hotel we stayed at. Um, we've stayed at before, but when they gave us our room, they said, okay, get off the elevator, turn left then turn left again. And that's where your room is. So we get off the elevator, we turn left and it's like this open area, um, in front of like a, I don't know, mini bar or mini restaurant or something. So we turn left again and there's an exit sign that takes you to an exit stairwell no room. And so we were really confused. And it took us like five minutes of wandering around before we decided to just try this exit. Come to find out it takes you into a hallway that leads to an emergency exit staircase. But that hallway has one room in it. So it was actually really cool because we had a room with a private hallway, basically. It was probably one of the coolest hotel experiences from a you know quiet and secluded perspective um, that we've ever, ever had. So it was really, really cool. So um, that kind of brings you up to speed on some of the stuff that's been happening. Um, one of the uh, interesting thoughts, this is something I've been kind of struggling with a little bit since my last recording, is, is trying to come up with a somewhat independent thought. And my wife actually gave it to me today. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, blaming her or quoting her or however you want to phrase it uh, for this thought. So this is not my thought. This is hers. But I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, you know, within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we talk a lot about the priesthood and how it is something that... Um, you know, men hold, but men and women both wield. Uh, and, and there's a lot more to it than that. So I'm obviously way oversimplifying it. But one of the things that my wife said that I thought was truly amazing is when women women have babies and when they give birth, it is a selfless act because you're doing it for somebody else. It is an act of service. It is not something you do for yourself. 
The same is true when the priesthood is being used. It is something you can't use on yourself. It is something you use for other things. It is an act of service. So in both situations, it is a selfless thing that you're doing for other people. So I just thought that was a really, really cool perspective on that. Something that I'm going to have to spend some time dwelling on um, because this is a whole new you know, branch of the tree of knowledge that I'm going to have to go down. So really, really cool. So thanks, thanks, honey, for that. Um, that was an awesome, uh, deep thought. So I had two scriptures I wanted to share, uh, uh, things that I've stumbled upon recently that were really cool. Uh, the first one is in the Pearl of Great Price, Joseph Smith History, chapter one, which for this is just the only chapter, verse 74. And it says, our minds being now enlightened, we begin to have the scriptures laid open to our understanding. And the true meaning and intention of their more mysterious passages revealed unto us in a manner that we never could attain to previously, nor ever before had thought of. In the meantime, we were forced to keep secret the circumstances of having received the priesthood and our having been baptized, owing to a spirit of persecution which had already manifested itself in the neighborhood. Uh, for this, what really stood out to me is uh, the true meaning and intention of their more mysterious passages. Uh, this is kind of to that concept of line upon line, precept upon precept, but I've always been fascinated and drawn to this concept of being enlightened and the mysteries. Uh, you know, and, and I'll dig into more of this on, on future podcasts, but just the idea of the, the envelopment of knowledge and the mysteries of the universe, the mysteries of the gospel and how they're all intertwined, like this giant web, but, you know, without the creepy spider. So um, anyways, that was just really neat to me. And the next verse, this is one I've actually um, harped on a lot, uh, but I have a, a, a somewhat different reason for getting on it this time. So I'm only going to read it and then move on. This is probably singularly one of my favorite passages in the Book of Mormon, chapter, uh, Book of Ether within the Book of Mormon, chapter 12, verse 6. And uh, this is one of the many times that Moroni, who's the, the last prophet in the Book of Mormon before he seals up the plates um, and, and, and leaves them for Joseph Smith to eventually be discovered by well, with Moroni himself as an angel, that's a different story for another day. Um, he is is summarizing what happened to a group of people on the American continent known as the Jaredites, who've been there thousands of years before, and had literally wiped themselves out through pride and war. And um, he's talking about the final prophet of that group of people, and this prophet's name was Ether, and how he was teaching the people about, you know, hey, um, you know, don't do this and do that and so on and so forth, or else you're going to get wiped out. And the people didn't believe him. And this is what Moroni says. And now I, Moroni, would speak somewhat concerning these things. I would show unto the world that faith is things which are hoped for and not seen. Wherefore, dispute not because you see not, for you receive no witness until after the trial of your faith. So I want you to think about that last portion, for you receive no witness until after the trial of your faith, because this will become uh, relevant to uh, the rest of the podcast series I'm doing for this, this kind of week's worth of episodes. Um, on to the top three. So this is the segment where I kind of go through the, the jobs and stuff that I've had recently. This is kind of the, the, the direction I've been going right now. And uh, this is going to be short, partially because this podcast is running long and partially because this next job was the shortest job I've had. Um, I had a job for a day. And uh, what it ended up happening is, is I was looking for a job. This was, I think, right before I left for college. Um, I had uh, been or it was right after my first year of college. And uh, I was hunting for a job. I had had some experience doing construction because of the work I'd done with my dad. And I found a construction site where they were looking for help. And so they hired me on the spot. Um, I did quite a bit of work. It was an odd day because it kept raining. And so I would work for a little while and then it would rain and it would work for a while and then it would rain. 
And so we'd have to keep getting off the job site while we waited. And during one of those lulls, uh, I was talking to this person who'd been kind of assigned to me as my mentor to kind of get me up to speed. And uh, this guy uh, was older than I was. And as we were discussing things, I was telling him that uh, I, ha- I was, um, I think it was right before I was going to leave for college. And I'm a summer birthday. And so, you know, I don't typically turn, you know, the, the, the significant ages, 16, 18, whatever, uh, until after that respective year has passed uh, school year wise. And uh, so I told him I, I had not yet turned 18. And this guy's like, oh, yeah, interesting. And we continued on with the conversation, went back to work after the storm was over. And at the end of the day, the guy who had hired me pulls me aside and says, well, um, good work today. I, I would love to keep you on, but I have to fire you. And I'm like, what? What did I do wrong? And he goes, you did nothing wrong. I made an assumption on your age, but I cannot hire a person who's under 18 because of insurance purposes. But it worked out. And, um, and, you know, I I found another job, but it was just comical to have a job for a day. So um, anyways, so there's that. Uh, All right. So to conclude this podcast, um, I I read this recently. My kids are going to hate me. My wife's going to hate me for even saying this one, but I just thought it was too funny. What rhymes with orange? No, it doesn't. Have a wonderful day. Smile, be happy, and remember you're worth it. Thanks for listening.